welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We have a special edition for you this evening. We are going to look back uh, over the last decade. How how is it? What, how, what, what, how do you reference the decade? The one that's just gone. What do you mean? Like well, nineties, eighties, noughties. Tens. That stumped everybody. Isn't tens, it? isn't it? The tens. The tens. The tens. Just the tens. It's obviously not a well. Used well, you wouldn't. You don't say whatever well, it is. Well, it's the tens, isn't it? Because you don't say. 1990s you said 90s because that means that you you didn't disregard the 1890s well it's not the 90s last century you're probably right but what i'm saying is i've never heard anybody well it's a 10 there you go i have just now there you go the 10s so we're looking at the team the best team of the 10s the best team of the 10s right you need to use your mic gary (laughs) (laughs) which 10s it's almost like you don't do this for a living gary yeah yeah that's why they give him the no uh, no usually i've got a mic on me (laughs) on my headpiece that's That's, why that's true so you'll recognize a couple of voices joining us tonight so former sunderland captain gary bennett evening evening long time since you've been on with us gary so good to have you back and james hunter from the chronicle we had to get a journalist who's covered sunderland Across the tens, James. Oh, thank you. Because um, the others have been in and out, and you've been a loyal servant the whole time. And I've suffered through it, as, you've as suffered, everyone you've else did. suffered with us all <laughs> through it. So what, we, what we'll do, I think, in the first um, part of the show, we're just going to go back over the over the decade and have a look at the different managers and some of the different results and just have a bit of a chat about it. And then the second bit, myself, Gareth and James have put uh, our team of the decade together, and then uh, Ben is going to have the I'll deciding factor. I'll be the judge. I'm the Simon Cowell. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly that. So, um, quick fire for you all to start with. The manager at the turn of the decade, 2010, was? Steve Bruce. Spr- Spr- was it? Gary? <laughs> it was one of those two. It was Bruce. It was Steve was Bruce. Was it really? It was. Just Sabre- Sabre- came was all nine, did Sabre- he? Sabre- was the year before, you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Um... Top scorer in that season, so the first top scorer of the decade. Bent. Darren Bent. Yep. yep. First he, he signed in all night. He signed in Bruce's first window, did he? Yes, he, he did. did. Um, first player's player of the season. Well, it would have to be Bent. It was. Yeah. First fans player of the season. Um, would have to be Bent. Is it this 10-11 you're talking about, or 9-10? It was Darren Bent. 9-10. All oh, right, okay. Uh, it was Darren Bent, yes. And first young player of the year. Jordan Anderson. It was Jordan Anderson. Mm. Right, here's one for you. First, <laughs> first have, you pref- have you briefed Gary? <laughs> <laughs> he's just good at his job, Gareth. He takes it all in, see? Um, first permanent signing of the decade. So in that January, Steve Bruce signed somebody. A couple of lawn players, they don't count. Wow. Lee Catamall. 21st of no, January. it wasn't Lee Catamall. 21st of January for undisclosed fees. So I'm not even sure how much he cost. I don't think any of you would get it. I wouldn't have got it. I'm trying uh, to think because Benjani did. Benjani came on loan, didn't on he? On loan, yeah. So this is a permanent signing. This one, <clears throat> one permanent play signed in that January. He's a defender. Defender from Tottenham. No, no. no. Tal Benayoum. Nope. So tell you, Callum Davenport. No, but that's closer. Matt, Matt Kilgallen. Yes, James. Okay. Matt Kilgallen was Sunderland's first Callum sign. And Callum Davenport. Yeah. He's not <laughs> in Where it. did you pull that one out from? <laughs> He's not in <laughs> it. Do you remember his surgeon run against Portsmouth yeah. when we, we yeah. got beat 3 1 there and he like went on this amazing run and then like swung this back ball at the back post? I think um, Jan scored or something and, and then we got beat 3 1 in the game. It was a big game, that one. And now we're both in League One, so there you go. <laughs> there you go, indeed. So, disappointingly, because I was going to, I was going to pull the um, the first Premier League team up uh, of the decade. So, second of January two thousand and ten, it was actually an FA Cup game, which is mental because you don't normally play the FA Cup in, that early in January, do you? So, I don't know if it was because it was a World Cup that year or something. What year? When, when was it? Second of January. No, it's, it's the first. It's the first weekend in Jan, isn't it? Usually, but you normally play. Usually. But you normally play New Year's Day, don't you? No, no. no. In the league, you do, don't you? Oh, you, the league. Yeah, yeah. But the that's cup, what I'm saying. The so cup's usually the first so that's, weekend yeah. in that January, isn't it? So there wasn't a game the following weekend. I thought I can only imagine it was international or something, but it was actually an FA Cup game against Barrow. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, and we won three 0 Steve Mel Name the team. Name the team. Me. I've got the team here. Uh, if you no. want it, no, we will <laughs> do that with some other games uh, later. So 16th of January was Sunderland's first game of the decade. It was away to Chelsea. Anybody want to tell me the score? 
7-2. It was 7-2 to Chelsea, yes. Yeah, so not the one I'm thinking start. of. Yes. Not, it wasn't the one I was thinking of. <laughs> I bet you can't name the team. I can because I've got it in front of me. Laura Shana played centre-half, didn't he? Do you want to have a go? Did, have a go did a couple of youngsters play? Uh, well, did Zenden scored for us and Ben scored for us, I think. There were a couple of youngsters on the bench. Mm-hmm. One was a there were few, full back. There were, was there a full there back? One, two, three, four. You yes. could class as youngsters on the bench. Mm. Was that the game? I was thinking of the one with Nadim and Noah, but obviously it wasn't that one. It wasn't Wagon who came. It wasn't. It was was another young lad. So the bench was Trevor Carson, Michael Liddell, Michael Liddell, Liam Noble, Mm -hmm. Bolo Zenden, who come on and scored, Fraser Campbell, David Healy, and Ryan Noble. Right. Right. Peter, delivery man now. So that was. yeah, Chelsea used to spank us in, didn't it? But we did go there and win 3 0. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, 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 that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's the one you like to think of. But we yeah. did get batted down there a fair few times, didn't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Steve Bruce, as we know, it would, would it sign Darren Bain and Lee Catamall and Loxana that, that summer and it put together a good team, actually, and for context. So, Sunderland were 6th and 7th and 8th until December. So doing really well. And I think, personally, that team should have been around that spot. In December, they were 10th. And then throughout December, they were they were 10th. And then after the turn of the year, they dropped to 13th. And that's where they finished. Mm. Um, one game that stands out that season, I think a lot of people would put as their favourite ever game. Sunderland, three Spurs, one. Yeah. Can we remember that one? With Zenden's volley? Yeah. Mm. Um, I want to look at the Sunderland team that day because that probably um, typifies that oh, it could be the best team we ever had in the Premier League era. Well, unless you look at Reed's first first goal perhaps okay. would people agree with that I guess the highest we finished was 10th didn't we the following season mm. so you'd probably have team. to argue that that was probably the best group that were put together since the return well that, that game that stands out to people Craig Gordon and goal Anton Ferdinand Kieran Richardson David Myler Michael Turner Paolo De Silva remember him Jordan yeah. Henderson Lee Catamol Fraser Campbell Darren Bent Steve Malbronk start 11 Makes you a bit depressed now, doesn't it? When you think <laughs> yeah. about some of those players who play for you. My God. <laughs> um, right, so the next season, 2010-2011, by the October... This, this is when Steve Bruce had a really good team, I think, and he put that together. And we were 7th and we were 6th until late February. So again, this is context of how good that team was. And we only finished 13th the season before because we went on a, on a really disappointing run. So we were 6th and 7th over Christmas, all the way into February. By April, we were 12th. Um, by the 16th of April, we were 15th. So from the 1st of February, played nine, lost eight. We had a run. We had a, it was actually, I remember, we played Liverpool and we got beat 2-0. We were quite, we were reasonably poised the table and um, Jay Spearing like, got like dived or something outside the box and like they gave a penalty. And then the week following, it was like Quinn and Bruce did like a, like a series of talkings, mm-hmm. like where they went around all over the place. Do you, did you go to one of these? I didn't know. No. So they did these. It was like, just to get fans so back pl- on side. Yeah, so I was already applied, going anyway. But like it was, we were doing quite well. And then the Liverpool game was a weekend before and they had this series of talkings. And then we took three points from the next 10, the next 30 after that and slipped right down the table. So everyone was sort of really positive in that when the talkings were happening kind of laughing and joking about because Bruce was like oh I got it wrong the ch- the, they were set up in the game and I, I should have done this and I should have done that and he got a bit of a round of applause and after admitting he made a mistake in the game and then as I say well as you pointed out there we were lost 7-8 and eight or whatever um, but I think we drew 3 of the games in the last 14 we... games we won 3 drew 1 and lost 10 um, I've got a Football echo here, which I will oh. n- never throw Gosh. away. I will uh, never collect- collector's item. I will <laughs> never ever throw this you away. You mentioned that now. Football Be- echo. What's one of them? Well, <laughs> and the reason is because just because, and we've mentioned it lots of times where the the way Bruce sort of rewrites history. I mean, I've just mentioned the form there. We'll go on to the form in the next in the next season that, that follows on it, from that. It, but, it was but the same. The, the way it was worse. <laughs> so yeah. the point the point is that, that was a good team, and we were sixth and seventh for the majority of that season. And that, in my opinion, is where a team that talented should have been finishing. So the crash was so severe. 
And then Bruce is almost, you know, he, he turns around and makes out like everything was great and everyone was happy and he was happy. That's that's the important thing. So, and I quote, this is before Sunderland won the last game against West Ham and finished 10th. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, this is before the quote. This is Graham Anderson writing this. And Steve Bruce says, the last few months at Sunderland have been the worst of his managerial career. I quote, these last few months have been as bad as it has been for me in my time as a manager and I've experienced relegation. This has been something different for disappointment. Even if we finish in the top 10 by some good fortune tomorrow, it won't hide the disappointment of the last 12 games. Well, it does now in your eyes, Stephen, doesn't it? <laughs> it hides it massively. We had 25 games, 37 points. Let's turn the page over. Um, at that stage, I was convinced we'd get at least... A point of game and get 15 being the top half. It's blown up in our face. Um, uh, although five or six points doesn't sound blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. To get is this verbatim? Is it? Right, no. so I think this season has brought it home to me how hard it can be to manage in the northeast, and that's nothing against the fans. They have passion and desire to succeed, which matches my own. And because of that, it's tougher mentally because you feel this incredible pressure not to disappoint. And for me, that's what this season has been, a disappointment. So if truth be known, we've limped along badly for quite some time and at least we can draw a line under it now and look forward to next season. There you so go. I mean, From I mean, the horse's mouth. I mean, <laughs> raking back through eight-year-old copies of the Football Echo has got to be sort of the analogue equivalent of yeah. going back through someone's Twitter timeline, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. He <laughs> thinks he's like football's Andrew Neil. He's like going back through interrogating Steve Bruce. It's like, this is what you said. And now it's <laughs> finished. Do you remember, do you remember this? It, because it's on record now, isn't it? And then what happened in the next season? We've, I mean, we spoke about that transfer window yeah, many, yeah, the, many the, times. The transfer window. About how we um, you know, ripped that, that squad up. But in the first 14 games of the next new season which is it's quite symmetrical actually because we talked about the last 14 games of the previous season where I won that bad run he only lasted 14 games into the new season how many wins? Three Any advance on three? I'm going to say four I'm going to say two Two Five draws seven defeats so in the final 28 games from the end of one season to the beginning of the next one, we finished. Our, we he collected twenty one points from twenty eight games. So last season, I looked at the league table to see where that would have put Sunderland in the Premier League, and it would have been um, in the relegation zone, four points behind Cardiff. So that's the sort of form we're talking about. Where were with they? a team that was that good, by the way? Where were they when uh, when he was sacked in the table? Um, I don't know. <laughs> We were seventeen. Did you, I thought you were going to give me the answer. Seventeen. We were seventeen. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we might. We were definitely seventeenth or eighteenth. Because Eric Black took the game at. They weren't in the relegation zone. No. I'm sure. So they must have been above. They were at the. Um, they went to Wolves and lost in the Stephen Fletcher scored twice. Yeah. And then O'Neill had the game against Blackburn, where we were terrible yeah. in the first half, and um, James McLean came on and. Yeah, Ch- turn the game around with a cross. Mm. I remember, like, you put this, beat someone, put a cross in, and the crowd like lifted straight away. See, people, <laughs> I know, like, currently there's like a lot of talk about toxic support, but the kind of supporters who get excited because somebody dribbles the ball and then puts a cross in, it tells you that you don't have to do too much to get people back on side. Mm. Mm. So, which is what happened, and then obviously Vaughan scored a ridiculous goal, didn't he? From and then uh, swinging his paper about, about that actually. Um, oh. uh, cat size a possible move for Vaughn. <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, there you go. On the who, who was that? Who was it? Graham. It was Graham. Good Anderson, sources, yeah. Graham. Well done if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was on the back of his performance against Sunderland playing for Blackpool. Possibly. The the game is that the game where we had 35 shots and yeah, lost two yeah. nil. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Martin O'Neill was next in. Benno, what were your Initial impression. That's the that's the manager all the fans wanted, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I time? think when Martin O'Neill came in, everybody thought, you know, you're rolling back the years to, shall we say, when I was at Sunderland early doors when Laurie McMenemy came in and everybody wanted Laurie McMenemy because they thought oh, he's the Messiah, he's coming back to the North East. And he was the one who was going to change everything at the football club. And it's the same with Martin O'Neill. You know, he's been on the, shall we say, tongue of 
many, many supporters, and they're the ones, you know, he was the one what everybody wanted in place, you know, and uh, unfortunately, you know what happened. That was great to start so with, though. He took mm. us to eighth, and we were eighth or ninth until the last nine games. We were eighth or ninth again. That squad, that was probably about right. Would, would you agree with that, James? That squad? Because Steve Bruce had a sixth and seventh. I would say, ten, I would say tenth, eleventh, because we mm. sold... Um, bent obviously in the January previous didn't we to Villa and then mm. we sold Jan, Jan outside went, went. the window and we only had Bentner really as the main striker I'd say it's difficult when you look back that far because yeah we're remembering the players that Sunderland brought in and sold but what I can't you know decide you know should they, should they have done better than ninth or, or whatever it's hard to remember whether there were eight squads that were better mm. You have to. Mm. It's not just about yeah. Sunderland, is it? It's were there were there eight squads that were better than Sunderland I think the standard or ten. I think the standard in the Premier League was higher then than yeah. it is now. Yeah, definitely. I think that now that it's kind of diluted a bit. So at the bottom ten, twelve. I think it was far more competitive um, in in terms of standard and quality. You know, you, you look at the bottom bottom five, bottom eight. Now that team would be miles better than a lot of those teams in the Premier League now. You think so? Yeah. I think so, definitely. Yeah. Well, the, Interesting. They failed to win the final nine games and finish, <laughs> and finish 13th. So oh, they were like 8th or ninth most of the time. So the next season, 2012-2013, this was dull, lads, wasn't it? The Martin O'Neill, and we were 14th or 15th most of the season. Yeah. Um, looked like we were yeah. sleepwalking. Sleepwalking and relegation. relegation was, didn't it? And what, what else has significant happened at the back end of that season, Stephen? He was sacked. No. <laughs> in the March of that in the in the March of that we season. We started a podcast. We started Wise Men Save Podcast in the March of that season. So, so it's all gone downhill from there and it's yeah, our fault. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely we'll take credit for that. Uh, so undefeated we, against Newcastle since the start of the Wise Men Save Podcast. We lost at home Monday night, he was sacked. Can you remember at the time, James, from a journalist point of view, were you surprised by that? We were we were sixteenth. Um I do rem- do remember that it happening I remember it. I think I remember it was a Saturday night wasn't it yes. wasn't it after yes, the game it was, it was, it was after the game, night after the game that, that one of my most favourite memories of, of that time was listening to the Stephen Nolan phoning on mm. Five Live when they produced um, a, a bloke who they went to introducing him as uh, Michael Gray and it wasn't the Michael Gray it was a Michael Gray and they were <laughs> asking him about whether it was the right decision to sack uh, Martin O'Neill and this guy said uh, yeah, well, I, I guess so. And, and as soon as I heard the voice, I knew it wasn't the Michael Gray. And then they, <laughs> yeah. and then they, they said to him, uh, and Stephen Nolan said, no, so, so who should they go for next? And the guy said, I don't really want to speculate about those things. <laughs> and this, this guy then went on, on Twitter and said, I've no idea why Five Live just rung me up and, and asked me about the situation at Sunderland. <laughs> but he was called Michael Gray. <laughs> was he a Sunderland fan? No. No. <laughs> Somebody's had a life I think, there, he was, I think he was a university student in Scotland. And obviously, he was obviously obviously interviewed about something else and someone has just gone to him and uh, I think he actually followed Barnsley Barnsley was on air first oh, and then this guy and I kept expecting Barnsley to say excuse me that's not Michael Gray <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he decided for the sake of broadcasting just to keep it going yeah uh, so Sorry, that's, a, that's a complete no, that's a good that's a good story that I, I, have, I have the audio somewhere and I will produce <laughs> it at some that's point that's good that's good De Pello De then comes in uh, he loses his first game he beats Newcastle his second game that's going to Bit of a pattern's going to develop with that. Uh, the team stumbled over the line that season, but it wasn't a great escape. And in fact, Sunderland were never in the bottom three all season that year. So again, we want people to keep going on about these all these five great escapes out of the ten years you had there. So that was a case with De Canio. Um Bit of a nut to him, but all wasn't he? <laughs> I think it was a bit of a surprise, to be fair, when he was appointed as manager. I think it raised a a lot of, uh, shall we say, eyebrows. Um, I think we didn't see that one coming. No. Um, when he was appointed. Raised um, a lot of hands in De Canio's case. Sorry? Raised a lot of hands in De Canio's mm. case. So, <laughs> you know, he was different, wasn't he? He was. He was yeah. different. Totally. What, I mean, totally. what was his last job? Swindon. No. I'm saying, what was his last job? To oh. sit and eat a day? Yeah. <laughs> probably tells you what you need to know, doesn't it? It does. I think, well, Defanti come in then. And he was a he was an agent, but like this is a strategy used now, and Wolves do this, don't they? But the difference is Wolves have <laughs> ha, they have a super agent, 
we had the fan who brought in Diakite, <laughs> Moberg Carlson, Roberge, Cabral, El Haji Bar, Mavrias, Mavrias, De Senna, Altador. <laughs> That's a good list, that Ben, wasn't it? Fantastic. Well, <laughs> you know, you, you've got to say, in the summer, we was all talking about we needed a good revamp. And we thought, right, okay, let's see. And he brought in, I think it was something in the region of 14 players. And we thought, okay, let's see what's going to happen here. And you've got to say, out of the 14 players, you really are scratching your head to actually say one or two out of the 14. We're good. I've got four here. Which four have you got? The, what more, which is who what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, although he was involved at the time. Uh, Vito Manoni mm-hmm. and Keyson Young on loan. And Giaccarini, who I always liked. And he what never eaten. there? What is, what, like, yeah. That is a classic Sunderland, that in it, like taking a player like that and then not being able to use him. It's such, like I was looking at, when I was looking to pick the team, I wouldn't put him in it. <clears throat> but like you... Like how how, do we, not, how do we not get the best out of that player? But, Vito as well. Vito will be on the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when you look back on Sunderland's history, how many times have they done that? You know, brought in so-called international class players. But unfortunately, when they're playing for Sunderland, we don't see that, do we? And and then they move on, and everyone raises their eyebrows and thinking, wow. We didn't know he, he could do that. It's, you know, we can go back to Rory Dillap. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Rory Dillap, who was at Sunderland. He leaves Sunderland, goes to Stoke, throws the ball in from the halfway line. <laughs> yeah. And <Nope>. Sunderland <laughs> didn't realise that he had a long throw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they did. They didn't let him do it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, just typical of Sunderland, isn't it? It is. You yeah. know, and, and, and Giaccarini, good good player. Obviously, you've seen he went obviously played for the international sides. He went back to Italy, did very, very well. And everyone's wondering, what's his best role? You know, could he play in a 10 role? It was a 10, wasn't it? Really? You know, it he, he had great ability, but unfortunately, we didn't get it out of him, did we? We didn't. We and played he, him in the wrong role. Yeah, and when he played, like, he, he, he scored... Three, four goals, didn't he? In a, in a bad team when he did play, but he, you know, like you look at it again, it is frustrating because when he went back to Italy, like you say, Ben, where he was like, he played. I think he went. Did he go to Bologna? I think it was. Right? Strip at the Italy team. And but like when we signed him, I remember being on Twitter and the rumor came out that we were going to sign Giaccarini, and there was like all these Italian people going, "What? Like, why is he going to Sunderland? Mm. Like, this is ridiculous." Like, because we signed him from Juventus, I think it was. Yeah. And he'd been in the Confederations Cup. Just won the got, tight, like, title the, under yeah. uh, Conte, hadn't he? Yeah. Uh, and he came Juventus. to Sunderland and everyone was like, that's an unbelievable signing for six million. I think it was six million euros. Yeah. Scored in his second game, I think, against Southampton. A header, obviously, he with did, being yeah. five foot two or whatever mm. he was. Um, and then, and obviously, Cabral, I mean... It, obviously, he was the net, he was the you know the man you know in that preseason, and then he had a great game against Fulham, and then he got dropped, and that was it, gone forever. Yeah, Saluska's back in the national team. Yeah, he scored, didn't he? The other, he, the other I always quite Czech liked Republic. him. He, he, wasn't, he, he wasn't a bad player. Yeah, he, seemed he was solid ball. enough. Wasn't yeah. yeah, I always thought he was quite tough. Saluska looked all right. Um, so Gus Poyet um, replaced an unstable De Cario. Um he who let September. who who <laughs> let who let Sessegnon go to West Brom, and of course Sessegnon scored against Sunderland in a three 0 win for West Brom. Uh, in comes Gus Poyet. He loses his first game. He beats Newcastle his second game. Um, so that's the second manager uh, in a row for that to happen. Um, skipping over the season here, I know there's a there's a subplot to this which we'll mention. But by the time Sunderland lose to Everton um, with a sixth own goal of the season by Wes Brown. Gus Poyet said, something always happens and most of the time it's against us. That's the story of the season so far. That was a week after he said we needed a miracle after we, we lost at Spurs. Seven points from safety at that point, Sunderland. Bottom of the league, seven points from safety, the draw Man City. They got a Chelsea win. First team Mourinho loses against in the league as a Chelsea manager. Stuffed Cardiff Bridge. Bridge, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Stuffed Cardiff at home. Beat Man United at Old Trafford. Beat West Brom at home lose to Swansea and 
that was if you talked about great escapes that was the mm. one wasn't it so, some of the some of the football played in that Man United game in particular once he got it going Poya and once the confidence came back into that group but they were almost at the point where weren't they where um, you know it was it was do or die there was there was nothing mm. to lose and in, in many ways so so there was a sort of pressure off them in a way they, they just simply had to go out and, and play and, and Wick, they did Wickham came back obviously after yeah. Pete were begging for him to come back in he'd been on loan I think at Sheffield Wednesday mm. I mean they should have beaten Man City shouldn't they yeah, yeah. you know Vanoni dropped one in didn't he Balotelli wasn't it very late in the game no no that the, that was because Wickham had scored twice I think yeah and but then did, did Balotelli not get a late equaliser? No, was it Balotelli? It was, it was, it was, I, that was a 3-3 under O'Neill. Right, okay. This was where Manoni dropped Villa's one. Right. He like went to his legs and rolled over the line yeah. and he couldn't scoop it out right. It was not David minutes. Villa. It might have been. Yeah. I can't remember. It was somebody. Um, Manoni was, was fantastic during that yeah. miracle run as, as well. That was about the only mistake he made, but it, yeah. it cost points. But Sunderland came back from that situation. What was it? There were seven points adrift with nine games to go, was it? Something like that. Or seven points left with five games to go. Yeah, five, six, six games to go. Yeah. Nobody expected um, them to survive. And because of the fixtures we had, we had yeah, Chelsea, yeah. Man City, Man, Man United, and they would have um, stayed up with a game to spare. Had it, had, I think uh, Wigan played Arsenal, and Arsenal that was got a, drew nil. That was the season. No, after. no, they didn't draw nil. Nil. That was the season. Was that think, season after? Was I it? I think it was. Whichever way around it was, anyway, there was there was a, a late equaliser, and Sunderland would have stayed up mm. even by a greater margin than they did. So it was incredible, really. Mm. Yeah. Um, we've had a couple of good wins at Chelsea, but not haven't we? So that that two one and the three nil we mentioned yep. already before. Um, Needham, yeah, he's got a good goal, didn't he? Dancing through, dancing the, through there. the defense. The second Fantastic. goal was a good goal as well. The um, the Jean, Jean goal, where Jean. a lovely move was Zenden, and uh, obviously Zenden copying the dance became like <laughs> a meme <laughs> at the time as well. Yes, the subplot of that was Sunderland got the League Cup final, of course, and that was um. Do you think that was important in, in, in the run that kept us up then or just the players had something? I think it was important for the football club. I think, you know, having a cup run, I think, uh, I think uh, again, you know, having the final against Manchester City, I think a lot of people reflect back on that in regards of how well the supporters got on as well. Nobody was expecting us to win the game, but you've got to say that, you know, we went there, we scored a goal, Give us a little yeah. excitement. And then when you reflect back on the final, you've got to say we were beaten by two yeah. unbelievable goals. Freakish. <laughs> like like you played that game again, they wouldn't uh, score those goals again. Uh, unbelievable goals. And and to be fair, you know, you, you've got to look back and think, I was there and you've seen them goals go in. You know, it was, yeah, yeah. It was, I, don't, I don't like, but you know, I don't see what you're saying. <laughs> I try and forget that too. I know, but it's you know, sails it, into the top corner and the, all your dreams crushed. You know, and, and, yeah. and yes, you know, we went there. We weren't embarrassed. No. You know, everybody thought that yeah. we was going to go there and get that. We, I thought we did okay against yeah. them. You know, they're a should class have, team. Should have won, but yeah. we had we had a, a bit of a hold on Man City at that time, didn't we? Mm-hmm. So like yeah. we, we we beat them about like three or four team, yeah. four seasons in a row at the stadium of late, didn't we? Uh, one or one nil, I think. Well, I think that um, season we played them not long before the League Cup final. And we took the lead, three three. No, place, no, at it? our place. I'm saying we took the lead. I think one nil up. It was like a weird goal where the keeper, like the defender, cleared the ball off Connor Wickham and it went in. And then Aguero scored like an unbelievable goal straight after. And Did we, we got not beat, beat Man City like one of his first games that season. Oh yeah, um, we beat one nil and Barclays No, maybe it was the following season. I'm thinking of possibly. Then, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, we did. That was his first win. Yeah. In the league, mm. not after. No, it wasn't. Second, it was after second. Newcastle. After yeah, Newcastle. Yeah. And then we Come played Southampton. It was the first time we played in the league in in Poyet style because we had about thirty passes before we scored mm. that goal. <laughs> well, his style didn't really kick on as much as we thought in the 2014-2015 season. He spent all summer, if you can remember, trying to sign Fabio Barini. Well, Cong- <laughs> Cong- oh no, he did not. No, no. Yeah. this season, yeah, okay. didn't he? He, he and yeah. he wouldn't let that go, James. Barini version one. And Barini version one, yes, was excellent, obviously. And he just, he didn't seem to be able to move on from it. I think he he just felt that he was a player that he liked and that he wanted and that he could get here. But I don't think Fabio. He was, was like a love-struck teenager, though, wasn't he? <laughs> I think, like I say, I think he was someone he rated and 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 thought he. he he wanted him back here because, because he would he would fit in, but you know, Fabio didn't ever want to be here. Massive mistake by Barini. 
I think he ruined his career on the back of that. Not coming here? No, not coming here. Or permanent after that season he had. Because mm. he went back to Liverpool, backed himself, barely yeah, played yeah, a game. Italy, was it AC Milan? He went yeah. to AC from us, but mm. we signed him the following summer, didn't we? Yeah. But well, he, we didn't really need him. But he it did nothing. Player, like, he, did nothing. Yeah. he went back to Liverpool thinking, well, I've had a good season on loan, I'll go back here and do well. Didn't get a game, mm. stagnated for a year, and then he had to rebuild again. And that was that was it for him. Really, he ended up going. To, I think he was playing wing back for AC Milan when he first went out there. Thirteenth or fourteenth, the most of that season with Poyet. You did. You always feel like something was going to click under Poyet, though. We always had a an identity that people talk about. You always just felt like you'd watch the game and thinking, well, we're almost there. We just need a little. We need a little spark from somewhere. You never really. It wasn't like the Martin O'Neill. Was, was it Ricky Alvarez? No, but it, but it wasn't the. It wasn't like the Martin O'Neill teams where you just thought, you know, there's nothing here at all, and they're just trying to defend, and it's so dull and slow. You always, you could see what he's trying to do, and you just felt like we were like one or two players away from really kicking on. Or was that just me? Looking at all your faces, I think yeah. that might just be. <laughs> no, me. I, I, I didn't no, see no, it I, 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 I really liked, like, I really liked him, and I thought that was, you know, the. You know, he just lost it towards the end. Well, we lost he, Brad, he we lost be, he wouldn't be the, the first. Cup. He wouldn't be the first of the manager to lose it towards the end, would he? We lost. Well, we drew. A, no, we lost at Hortman QPR, who were terrible, and they were bottom of the league. Jordi Gomez on the left wing. Yeah, and then in the second half, Sunderland put a, a better performance in because the players would chase the ball down and just try it a little bit harder, and the fans were getting behind it. And after the game, Poyet um, came out and said, "Well, if that's what the fans want, I'm I'm not on board with it." And he was he was mistaken. The fans for wanting us just to launch the ball forward. Mm. It wasn't the case at all. It was just because the players were like winning the second balls, chasing things down. Then we lost to Bradford in the FA Cup, and he had a, he had another bit of a meltdown after that one, didn't he? And I think that was the I think George Honeyman made his debut that day at Bradford. If I remember yeah, he rightly, did. came off the bench. Yeah, he yeah. didn't wasn't. It was either an own goal or a bad mistake by John O'Shea in the first five minutes yeah, it was to an own goal. give them the, the lead. And then it was after the Bradford game that Gus issued his famous letter, wasn't it? To yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. I remember that, yeah. Open letter to Open fans. letter. Well, he did, he, he lasted, and that was, you know, sort of beginning of the end. Well, he lasted one Midway more, through yeah, the end. Yeah. He lasted one more game. Yeah. Well, Aston Villa, who were relegation rivals, kept us like beat us 4-0. 4-0 mm-hmm. down at half-time. Yeah. And that was... <laughs> You see many like that Benno had to walk apart. Did that happen? Where oh, fact, yeah, right. the whole number, no, no, no. But, <laughs> not I mean, when Benno was playing, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I mean is not not for being four nil down half time. I remember Spurs doing that was a rock apart once. Um, but like the ground emptied, didn't it? And and Sunderland have built up. The, I think this unfair reputation where everybody just says, "Oh, oh, well, the fans just leave when you lose." And this was this was the start of that, mm. where people looked and says that I'm you know I'm not prepared to support this. I'm not prepared to get behind them. I think, again, when, when you talk about Roker Park and you talk about Stadium of Light and the type of supporters, I think, you know, they're different types. You know, you've got the, shall we say, the hardcore, proper, real, you know, who've been there going for the last 30, 40 years who was at Roker Park. No matter what, they would stay there till the end. Where, you know, you've got the, the Stadium of Light and... A lot of them have been used to, shall we say, um, Premier League football. Um, and the slightest thing which goes wrong, <laughs> the bailout, you know. Um, so yeah, I just think... you look still do you, that, do you think? You've got, you, I've got to say that when it's going wrong, and I mean wrong, you do have one or two supporters who leave, where... I think if you go back to Roker Park days, even if you are doing badly, you know, you get majority of the supporters who would or still will be there till the end. I guess the difference at Roker Park it's, it's, though it's, is yeah. or you, the, play, the, the fans who maybe leave at Stadium of Light weren't at Roker Park because there was only 14,000, 15,000 mm-hmm. going, you know, generally. So like at the Stadium of Light now, there's... 26, 27. So, but, it, but they're a different, different supporter. Yeah, I, no, I agree. <laughs> it is different, but it's you know, it's um, no matter no, no matter what happens. I'm talking about you know the supporters who supported at the Roker Park. No matter what happened, they stayed. 
right through to the end. Now, if it's not going well, you know, you do hear of supporters leaving at half time. Yeah. Been back well. Well, it's funny we talk about the you know the decade, the last ten, you know, the last ten seasons, which was the the quarter few years or the last hundred games or whatever it was. I could one wasn't hundred games more than that, but we of the percent I like you know we lost the most games out of anybody or won the fewest games, sorry, out of anybody in a ten year period and all that kind of thing. So I guess it's amazing that there's still you got to take everything into consideration as well. You know, stadium alight, Roker Park, travel arrangements traveling back and forth from the stadium and so you've got to take all that into consideration as well you know times have changed yeah, yeah. i think compounded were seasons like this as well um it doesn't help does it because you feel like you've been through it the thing all is it's stuff. funny though because it's get, well it's not funny but it gets i mean it only gets worse as the decade goes on doesn't it yeah so, oh we've had a good we've, do we want to talk about the last two and a half years yeah of the decade? We've, we've, we've had a good we've, now we've gone through the highlights of the decade so yeah. far so well <laughs> it gets worse from here yeah. he's sacked and dick advocat comes in and of course he loses his first game and he beats newcastle with his second game he's the third manager in a row for those circumstances to happen um and again, he, he, he made Sunderland quite solid for the um, remainder of that season. And again, a, a bit of a myth about Sunderland's um, flirting with relegation before they, they actually went down. We just looked at one there, which was definitely a great escape. We were bottom and second bottom for most of the season. Um, this season under Poyet and when Advocat come in, we were in the relegation zone for two weeks all season. And that was it. We always just did enough and we always just hovered above. So Defoe scoring that world against Newcastle is a standout for that, isn't it? Mm. Playing on the wing. <laughs> Playing on the left, yeah. didn't he? Um, well, we, we were advocates of this idea, though, Stephen, at the time. Advocates. Yeah, we were advocates. <laughs> we were advocates. The and following he, season. He left and came back. The following season, Dick, he left and then he come back. And that, this was bizarre what happened because he that team was so tight and worked so hard and then he just opened it out didn't he and he signed um, he signed Lons and and uh, so he signed Lons and, and, Villa, and uh, Adam Matthews and Villa Adam and Matthews Eunice <laughs> uh, Kapoor to be fair and we got ripped to shreds in, in October he resigned with us uh, second bottom after a 2-2 draw with West Ham Sam Allardyce comes in loses his first game beats Newcastle in his second game that's the fourth manager that's, it's, that will never not be remarkable that stat will it is it a subconscious thing, James? Is he the Newcastle game coming up and thinking, well, have to get rid of him? So he's. Well, it was getting to that point, though, wasn't it? It was getting to the point where. When are we playing Newcastle? <laughs> oh, we play. Right, get rid of the manager before. <laughs> it, <laughs> was, it was. Getting, you know, managers, were, managers were clearing their desk <laughs> the, when, when the Newcastle game was two, <laughs> two games away. Put the removal van in advance. <laughs> well, we struggled on um, 18th and 19th until January and things were a bit difficult under Sam at first and I think we were starting to see where fans of well, other clubs were coming from. we had from. a reasonable start and then we had a really bad spell through December into January yeah, where we um, lost a lot of games. And we were, second bo- we were second bottom and third bottom for the majority of that. Now to highlight what can be done because anybody looking at Sunderland that time would have been saying this is a basket case you can't do anything with it blah 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 and then Sam Allardyce goes out and he signs three players Four. and Four, sorry. No, I've got nobody remembers Dammy and Doy. Oh, yes, of course. I thought he was all right. He I mean, was. he wasn't brilliant, but like... But never has a manager done so um, so much with so little in terms of three important players and Corner, Kasri and Kirchhoff, the three Ks, of course. And then from January, Sunderland um, have 19 games, so half a season, uh, win six, draw nine, lose four. So... Nine, it's half a season 19, 19 games 27 points mm. well, I remember the first game remember Kershaw came off the bench and yeah. everyone was like who on earth is this guy he was woeful and then yeah. the back and then we played it was that Tottenham one yeah, Spurs came back, and it came back on. three and then it was like Bambi on ice and then we played Man City in the week and we lost 1-0 but we played really well and he was outstanding and yeah. everyone was like you know what this group if we had a bit more time we'd probably stay up but we don't, so we won't. Mm. But I mean, but just, we did. Just to, so this is just so this <laughs> in goes, some style as this well. This is why it's relevant. So it goes back to you know what what Bruce only managed to get it with that you know cracking team that he had. And that wasn't a great escape. We we did take it down the second last game of the season. Of course, everyone remembers a win against Chelsea three two and Defoe scored two. Some atmosphere to the ground. That even better for the Everton game, which was midweek, and we still up and we win three 0 And Newcastle went and Newcastle down as a get result. relegated. 
and people like Jamie Carragher always say, and Sunderland's problem is this, the way they were doing the walk of honour at the end and mm. celebrating. They weren't celebrating staying up. It was a sustained spell of well playing well. We just relegated your rivals. It's a bit different, isn't it, to, to celebrating survivor like the the impression seemed to be from the outside but Sunderland haven't done a lap of honour for many a year it has long since been rebranded a lap of appreciation yeah. for the supporters yeah, yeah so but I mean just to highlight how well Sam did so 19 games exactly half a season 27 points David Moyes got three points less than that in a full season the following season mm. with the same group of players well he started with the same group of players he decided not to sign Yannam Villa who was available for six seven million quid he spent double that on in Dong instead um, and he let Eunice Kabul leave how big of a decision was that Beto? big blow um, again did Kabul want to stop that's the big question. Um, you know, he, he formed a great partnership. They didn't come out and said he wanted to leave or anything, though, did they? He said that he wanted to leave. He said that he had the opportunity to go. He lived in Watford, mm-hmm. and he had the opportunity to go mm-hmm. back to where his family were. And so that's why he left. Uh, the agreement was that he would play one more. I can't remember what the game was. That he, yeah. would, that he would play one last game for them in August, whenever it was. And then the deal was that he would be out. And Sunderland recoup what they paid for him. So that was why that... Well, the main issue. Did he have fam- family problems? I think, yeah, there was some sort of family. The issue was why he had to be back, back home. The issue was name was it? That summer, it was Corny. Twenty. Yeah, we I, saw I think, we were turning down yeah. twenty-five million quid from Everton for Corny. I think when you look back, eighteen million quid, wasn't I've, it? And I everybody think, thought that was yeah, a great, yeah. a great thing that someone yeah. had hung on to Corny. Yeah, we did. I think when you look back, it was badly managed, wasn't it? You know the old Corny situation. Okay, Kabul went. And they formed a fantastic partnership, Kabul and Kone in the heart of defence. All of a sudden, Kabul's gone. There's a lot of speculation regarding Kone. Should we sell him? Shouldn't we sell um, uh, Should we keep him? 18 million was flaunted about. No, we want more. You know, and the player or his agent, did they want to go to Everton? Someone wanted to keep him. You know, so all of a sudden, you, you've got a player who doesn't know if he's coming or going. And you've got to say his performance. Well, I just think the old way it was handled was poor. You know, if he'd kept up the performance levels that he showed in his first period, Sunderland, he'd be in everybody's team of the century. That's he, how good he was. And so, team of the century, sorry, team of the decade. I was going to say, that's well, that's well, to be fair, probably team of big the, the century uh, yeah, since yeah, the yeah, noughties, yeah, to be fair, you probably would say so. Mm. But. Um, he effectively downed tools, he which was which was the problem. And that, and and you know the funny thing is, if we'd sold him and got relegated, people would have said, "Well, it's because you know we sold Corny and got relegated." Well, we managed to keep him, like Benno says, and everyone was delighted about it, like you were saying. And uh, it's you know to come back, it just goes to show, doesn't it? And you never know, you never know what what the outcome is going to be. You know that I think everyone university thought it's the right decision to show strength as a football club to say you can't come and take our best players and he slowly became one of the weakest players in the in the group I think the, when you look back you see that the players that, that Sam brought in in that January mm. um, were were essentially short term fixes they, they came in we got a great six months out of Kone but if Sam stayed, would they have got more out of them, though? He then downed tools. You had Jan Kirchhoff, who stayed fit for that yeah. period, who didn't stay fit that was after then. The so so, so yeah. it, it, fell, it fell to pieces, really, um, for, those, for those reasons. And those Cammy, players did not carry on however, in the same vein. Moyes, the fact that he just binned Kasri was unforgivable, really. Like, you've got a player there the club spent 10, 11 million quid on, who had a really good end of the season? It was a good player. He, he was the least impressive of the of the January. But he was signing, still very good, though. Aside from Damien Doy, but he was still very good, and he he was involved in a lot of goals, and people liked him because he could score from corners. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, he 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 gave you something, and he was an irritant. You know, he like when he got in people's faces and all that, and then you know. Moyes came, decided and fancied him and just, just binned him and it was like, well, and we started the season with Lyndon Gooch just against Man City and, and it was like, well, you've got to build on what you've, the foundation you've been given, don't destroy it, especially when we've got limited resources. And coming out and saying, you know, maybe we're in a relegation battle, maybe that's the best this team can do and I've just highlighted that, you know, Sam Allardyce has got 27 points out of largely the same group of players. Not so, signing Yedlin could be an argument to say, you know, 
people were mixed on him, but he, he, he was settled and we had a settled group and we dismantled it. Sam wasn't going to sign Yedlin on a permanent basis. No. But we he, you'd, you'd already said that he didn't think he was good enough for the Premier League. But who would he, I guess, you know. So, and, and this, this is it, you see, what happens is there's kind of a narrative take, takes place and, and, you know, if Sam had have stayed, this would have happened. But Sam had, had no intention no, of he, staying. He had no intentions no, of stopping. Like the England thing is a sideshow. You know, when you asked Sam towards the end of the season, he never said he would stay. He was always... Uh, looking for his next job, so even if England hadn't come along, he would have gone sure, somewhere else because it wasn't the money that spend that he wanted to. Do. I think that that probably basically played, he couldn't a part. couldn't strengthen what where he wanted. Mm. He he knew that he knew that he needed to do certain things, strengthen certain areas to take the team forward, and that money never was never forthcoming. So he was on his on his way. So you, so you have to. I know that people say, oh, if, oh, if only England hadn't come in, you know, Sunderland could be. Top six team under Sam Holliday's, but it was never going to happen. It was never a viable option. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're probably right. We don't have a shower, so shall we like just a big, shall we just forget the last three years? Well, this, this is it. They're going to really, really skip over it. So Moyes got us relegated, and then when we got relegated, you thought, well, at least Sunderland have never finished lower than third in the championship since 1996. So in 22 years, 22 years, Sunderland have never finished lower than 23rd in the English football pyramid. We'll be all right, won't we? Yeah, no. Yeah, worries. no. And then Grayson Bain, Steele, Camp, relegation last season, as we know. Coleman a, as well. Check a trade, playoff final and all that. New owners, playoff final. Now, now we are where we are. And look at Steve at the Bruce. the time of recording. He's finding it tough again managing in the North East at Newcastle. He's enjoying it. At the, well, yeah, at the turn of the, at the, turn of the century. Um, he's at Sunderland one year and then he's going to be at Newcastle at the, the following turn. Uh, sorry, the turn of the decade. I get my centuries and decades mixed <laughs> up again. But anyway, there you go. That's 10 years in a nutshell. Do you have a favourite one, game or anything? Favourite game? Old Trafford, League Cup semi-final. Mm. Best, aside from the obvious best night of your life, you know, children being born, marriage, all that. That's it for me. Best night of my life. Is it? It was unbelievable. I'll never forget it. We actually... Put a, a tweet out saying, "Give us your best games," and I, I didn't see them before now. So you know, you mentioned when we lost to QPR, yeah, and you said, "Oh yeah, Gorba's playing the wing." We've actually got an answer here. <laughs> Sunderland nil QPR two two thousand fifteen. We played Jordi Gomez on the left wing. <laughs> Some people do remember it. Three two in Chelsea. People are saying three one over Spurs, which we've mentioned. Chelsea three Sunderland nil. We've mentioned the three two at home. Chelsea was fantastic, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Fantastic, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um... What about you, Benno, from a commentary perspective? Ooh. I think you can it's not back. easy, Benno, is it? It's, it's not, not easy not, to think back. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, obviously, the Newcastle game, and before we hit that volley right on the half-time, that was unbelievable. You know, um, that was a fantastic... Um, a few St. Chelsea 3-2. That was a good one. When we beat Everton at home, when the old stadium was rocking to stay up, that was another good night. Paul Clinton agrees with you, Gareth. Man United in the cup. I'm um, going to go for. I'm going to go for um, probably the three nil at St James's Park under Paolo, really? which was just the whole the whole occasion because up to that point, derbies had been hmm. events that that some of the managers, Steve Bruce in particular, had tried to play down, and Paolo tackled it head on. And came out with loads of quotable lines and the sliding down the touchline and all, he started all the rest talking of it. about the civil war and everything. Didn't he? <laughs> well, he started yeah. he started talking about <laughs> Roman legionnaires and you know winning in their home and 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 then I seem to remember and I seem to remember afterwards he didn't didn't he get to say something along along the lines of he had a vision of his dead mother and she said not to worry Paolo everything will be fine it's, it's, it was just it was just an incredible experience quite aside from the football itself just the whole thing was 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 surrounded we we had the one not it was about two weeks before the the league cup final as well didn't we when we won three nil yeah and Mm. that i thought that one was more comprehensive than the one that three nil yeah we played we we just like they were meek and we just were miles miles better than them and it was so easy could have been out the door against newcastle 
Brilliant, wasn't he? And then wasn't in the squad for the cup final well, next yeah, game, was which harsh, was really it? mad. It wasn't the next game because um, he went to Arsenal right. the week before the cup final. It was final, M. Jack Orr mentioned the QPR game, so people was meant it was commented Joe Owens. I'm not going to mention the wise ones here, lads being daft. Michael Paul mentions a Blackpool game where we had 4,000 shots on target and lost 2 yeah. um, Oh, David Collins talking about championship games. 3 3 Bristol City beating Derby 4 1. I'd rather forget about that season if yeah. it's all the same with you. <laughs> Nicholas Wilson mentions Man City when G scored. Yeah. Oh, last yeah. Minute. That was brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> that was all over the world afterwards. Yeah, it well, was indeed, wasn't yeah. Wasn't that with Jack Colback at left back? And was that the one with. Yeah, with, I think uh, we did have a. Two fullbacks, I think. Uh, Gardner would have been right back. Yeah, Gardner at right back and Colback at left back. And it was just the most unlikely mm. clean sheet you'll ever see particularly in current mm. circumstances. David Gardner, 3-0 to Swansea under Moyes. <laughs> a much-needed boost lifted the Swans off the bottom of the table. 3-2 <laughs> Chelsea, 3-2 Chelsea, 3-2 Chelsea, 3-1 Spurs, Richard Easterbrook we've mentioned. 3-2 Chelsea, 1-0 to force goal. So I can't you get believe there's not, there's not more Newcastle games in there. It's all 3-2 Chelsea and there's not more the, the League Cup semi-final. I mean, we, had, we won the game and, and we chucked it away in, in a minute. And then to win on penalties, the worst penalty shootout of all time. But the best night of all time. Oh, best night. So I remember all that night. I remember went to, went to, went out after, and we were like wandering around Manchester trying to find somewhere to go. We went to this club, went down, and the, this guy in the door was like, "Oh, um, story clean." I'm a Ma- yeah, yeah. He was like, "I'm a Man United fan." Um, sorry, I'm a Man City fan. Sorry, and he was like, sort of uh, congratulating us and all that. And as we walked down the stairs. Uh, things can only get better came on the uh, came on and like, mm-hmm. there was a load of Sunderland fans in there obviously he'd requested it and they were all dancing and that drinking cans of Red Stripe till about 3 o'clock in the morning it was brilliant <laughs> I don't, I, we just woke up laughing yeah. we woke up laughing like every all, we all there was a Craig from um, Wise Men say was with and a few of the other lads um, and everyone woke up laughing I, I, remember, was, remember that, I remember that cup semi-final because obviously Vito was the penalty yeah. hero and uh, uh, obviously at the end of each game a certain number of players get selected only for random mm-hmm. drug testing yeah. and Vito was, was the was the selected man from, from Sunderland that, that day um, and obviously at the end of, end of a game you dehydrate so they give, give a drink so they give Vito a bottle of beer to try and uh, get the fluids going as it were and, and Vito doesn't drink at all so Vito had this bottle of beer and he was three cheats to the wind so when, when they eventually put him in front of a camera to do his Sky interview if you look at him he's, he's giggling like a schoolboy he's, he, he, he'd, had, he'd had one beer and he was <laughs> so, just, so doing a random drugs test to give you drugs to, to give you a beer but that's legal but that's fine legal drugs that's fine right what we're going to do is we're going to come back teams? and we're going to do our we're going to do our teams and Benno's going to be, he's going to be the... We've gone on a bit the, here, we'll have to hurry up. The yep. decider. Okay, right, we're going to quickly whiz through this then. Um, have you got a pen there, Stephen? Sorry. I have got oh, a can pen, Can I just yes. grab that off you? Sorry, I'm not cutting that out. Just leave it in. <laughs> go on, go on. Right, so we're going to go through with teams, myself, James, and then um, Gary's going to give us his opinion on the players we mentioned, and right. he's going to have the deciding uh, vote. So... Have you got a pen to write Gary's team down? Is that why you've got it? No, no, I'm, I'm doing I that. I was thinking because I'm capable of no, doing no, that myself. No, no, I don't no, know why I didn't have a pen. no, no, I need okay. to write down when I was going to So there'll be a definitive in. team that will come up with. So we'll start naturally before we talk about formations and whatever with the goalkeepers. Did anybody not go for Jordan Pickford? I went for Jordan Pickford. I've got Pickford. Right, we've all done that. Gary. We've all gone Pickford. Nice easy one, Benoit, for you. Craig well, Gordon, honourable mention. Mignolet was Mignolet as well yeah. I gave honourable mentions for Mignolet yeah. if there's three votes for Pickford it's got to be Jordan Pickford there you go okay. Pickford right everybody going for back four I yeah. have right let's start at right back James uh, I went with Phil Bardsley Gareth mm-hmm. Bardsley and Phil Bardsley as well that's another I agree with that easy for you this yes, Benno isn't that, it? that was the easy one <laughs> and then, I, you know, I said Bardsley I we've got to, Bardsley. it was always a man we all thought we had to improve on and then never did mm-hmm. so but looking back, he did all right. He was a yeah, decent, did, rounded yeah. fullback, wasn't he? Right, centre half. So I expect we might see a mix here. Then this is interesting because I was both. Don't them both? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, it's always difficult to, to pick players. Do you pick players that are good over a sustained period of time, or the ones you can only judge them over the period that they're here? Um, on ability, I picked Mensa and Kone as my centre halves. Okay. I've got Mensa and Kabul. 
I've also got John Mensah, so he makes the team, doesn't he? I was, it was actually Mensah or Kabul for me, and I was thinking about this all day, and I took Kabul out just because of, when Mensah was fit, he was just it wasn't, it wasn't sensational, if he were, well, wasn't he? If he, if he so was you've got fit. Mensah and who? Well, the other one, um, I went for Wes Brown as the other one. Oh, that's a good shout. But so who have we got? So we've got Wes Brown, Kabul. Uh, or Corner. Or Corner, corner better. Um... I'm saying that Men- Allardy- Men- Allardyce Corner. Mensa's in. Mensa's in. So, so in. It's, uh, it's between Kabul and Corney. Or Wes Brown. Yeah. Or Wes Brown. I would say Kabul. Kabul. I don't like when Gareth gets <laughs> decisions. Corney, when he was at his peak, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but, could have edged but yeah, it. But I mean, yeah. under Allardyce, yes. Yeah. Under anybody else, no. Yeah. Mensa could have been, if he was could have stayed fit, he would have been. Too good for Sunderland. Like, he would have been <laughs> yeah. like Real Madrid, Barcelona, good. He was brilliant. Mm. Left back. I think this is going to be one of two here. Are they both lawn? Were they both lawns? Well, I've got Danny Rose. Do you, uh, James? I've got Marcus Alonso. <gasps> so it was obviously going to be those two. And I was deciding between those two myself as well. And at one point it was one, and then one point it was the other. I've actually settled on Danny Rose. Honourable honourable mention for Patrick Van Anholt. Yeah, I've yeah. got him Patrick, on my bench. Yeah, we've done well at left back. I think. No, I haven't fun. actually. No, I haven't. Um, Danny Rose, excellent. Um, obviously, Alonso, he's doing really, really well as well. But I'm going to give the nod to Danny Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that all your players in so far, Gareth? It is. <laughs> God. Yeah. Right. So. Um, this is where it changes a bit because people might have gone four four two, people might have gone four three three. I've gone four three three. Anybody else? Four three three. I went four four two. Oh, James makes it a bit complicated. Maybe one of your players works up front for hours. Yeah, so yeah. let's just try and get some midfielders we agree on to see if they go on the team. Anyway, give us uh, your midfielders, Gareth. My three centre midfielders are uh, Catmull, Mvia, and Henderson. I've also gone Henderson and Mvia, and I've gone Steed Malbronk as my third midfielder. He's a winger. But I'm playing 4 3 3. He's not a forward, is he? He's, he's, in, he's in mine as a winger. So. As a forward? Well, he's a winger. He played right side midfield. He or left side he midfield. Played, he played in, in, a, in a midfield three as well, though. <laughs> uh, I'd go for Catamol and Henderson, which you've both got in, in there. And if you were picking a, a third one, I would go for Kirchhoff. So Henderson's in. I didn't have Catamol in mine, I'll be honest. Honourable mention to Lee Catamol because I love him, but I think Jan and Villa was... Jan and Villa will, will play for me. Yeah. Um, there you go. Obviously, in. Jordan Henderson. Well, Malbronk, if we've all got... Well, we've got two centre midfielders there, so why don't I Malbronk give the front the three? And we go... Yeah, because we might have... So my, my front three, and then you can give your two and you give your forwards, okay. and then we can pick the rest right. of the team okay. out of that. So I've got Sessegnon. Malbrank and Defoe for my three. Sessignon, Darren Bent and Defoe. Right, well, obviously, because I went for a different formation to you guys, it got a little bit mixed up. So my midfield four was Henderson, Catamol, Kirchhoff and Larson. They were my four in midfield, and the front two were Bent and Defoe. So Defoe's in. Mm. Did you have Darren Bent in? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't mind. I wasn't going to, just because the way he left. Oh, that's why I've binned him off, but the I way just, he left. I just... Can't. It's can't hard do not it. to acknowledge two goals, oh, two goal scorers like that who were just made a delight going to watch. So Mal Bronk, myself and Gareth have gone in for. Would you be happy with him in Beno? And we put him in as a winger and we go four four two. Not sure. I'm just having a think. What about Sessignon? I like Sessignon. Yeah, but did you have Sessignon? You could play Sessignon. Yeah, I'd have Bent and. Defoe in the team. Okay, they're both in then. Okay. I think you can have um, Cessnon and Molbronk. That would be the team. Agree. Because there's a little bit of flexibility yeah. in that team as well. You can go 4 4 2, or you can actually go 4 3 3. I'm buzzing at those front six of the ones I had as well. <laughs> so there you go. Gareth well, got his back five, I got the front six. And then on, James honourable and mention for honor- Lewis Graban as well. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any of the current players who get an honourable mention? Adam McGeady, I've got personally, just because it doesn't matter what level you're playing at. Last season, he brought us a lot of joy. Luke O'Neill. Right. The current setup. I think Luke O'Neill is a, for me, could Maybe be John on McLaughlin. the bench. Maybe John He's McLaughlin. one of them who can 
playing numerous positions, can't he? I can't pick a player from the worst team we've ever had in a team of the decade. It's just my... Honourable mentions. <laughs> but it's the worst team we've had in our history, so I can't pick a player from it. No, it's a shame that that got mm. cut short. Do you want me so I've got some subs. Go on, then. I've got Mignolet, O'Shea, Zenden, Kirchhoff, Larson, Richardson and Bent. Richardson... Play, Ke- he played left back, played Ke- 10. Keir Richardson was a really important signing for Sunderland. He was, and he stayed for, he he was, played for he five was, years. He was, he, was the big, he was the big one under Keane, mm. where you thought, actually, we're not going to get promoted and sign the players Mick McCarthy had done last time we'd been promoted. We're, we're, we're going to go and sign Keir Richards from Manchester United, who was in the England squad and stuff. And that was a big statement. And of course, he's winning goal against Newcastle, yeah. which was the first time we've beaten at home in like 20 odd years. Versatile player, wasn't he? Mm. Good play left back, yeah. left side of midfield. As well, so are there any, any players you'd put in? Just Kenwyn Jones, honourable mention. I, I, put, I did put Jones down on my mm. list. who was outstanding for that brief period when he when Tottenham tried to buy him. Mm. Yeah. I, I really like Revier. Yeah. And like I think like now when I look back, not that much of a shock. Calm down. Wherever like players like that, where like now, given the situation, and you look back, sometimes you think you like he was so good, like a proper mm. footballer proper professional class and like same as Endon he was a class player like even though he's coming towards the end of his career he, and we never like we, we froze Malbrank out I mean Malbrank really is probably more for the last decade than this one but we kind of froze him out we froze Endon out we decided we were going to get rid of them and then we brought in players who weren't adequate enough to adequately skilled enough to replace them because they were these players we had apparently were too old and not good enough and right. James McLean for the spell he was here under. Yeah, he he, yeah he, I mean. O'Neill. Tottenham, half was, a season. Yeah, Tottenham were interested in him at that time. Half well. a season. What about yeah. someone like Alan Hutton? I know it's like he was. He was I, I was actually talking a lot of work. Mm, the yeah. day and I said Bardsley wins it, but Hutton actually for yeah, the six he months he played yeah. was excellent, wasn't he? We all wanted to sign him, didn't we? Seven, eight. Another one of the loan, many loans we've added something in that decade. We did have a lot of loans because we had Danny Welbeck as well, didn't we? Welbeck. Welbeck yeah. I thought about him as well. You know, I thought when I assessed under four bent, if you're going to actually pick a team, Welbeck would have been a better fit. Well, you're not going to go off that, are you? So. Yeah, Evans centre back. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was he? Was mm-hmm. he? Was he this? Or he, he might have just missed. He might have missed. just missed, this, this just missed the decade. I think he just missed it. Yeah, because he was under Roy, wasn't he? He was keen, mm-hmm. so he'd have been eight or eight or nine probably. Nosworth was still there at the start. Cesar would have just missed it as well. Yeah, Cesar would have missed it. Mm. Yeah. So the but you team. Look, you, know what, you look at that. Look, look at the players on the list who didn't make it. You didn't pick them and think that, like Jack Marini, like Yanazai, people like that who were signed. Danny think, Collins just missed it as well. Yeah, no, he was just he was in the squad, and I did look Danny at him because he got. But he, he went in the yeah. summer of two thousand and nine. Did he really? Yeah. All mm-hmm. oh, right. Okay. Yes, you knew that, Gareth. Of course, you did. He <laughs> was in the list for all nine ten. I didn't know he left. So yeah, he left him that. Go. That's, Glad that's I didn't throw him in now. Oh, well, in the group anyway. Yeah, but, you know. we like it, Danny. Difficult. Um, so Mind you, it was quite interesting looking through all those squad lists and looking at mm. some of the poor players that Sunderland have had. You could you could make quite a lot of, of worse teams. That's of the a decade, whole new podcast. That remember one. there was players like remember um, Amari Tonkara when everyone was like going on about he was going to be the like the next uh, big like young talent and all that. Like you look through some of the the younger lads and people were talking about at the time. Yeah, Max Clayton. Remember him? We had him on like a trial. Can't remember. Charles him. and Zogbia. Yeah, yeah. Charles and Zogbia. Max Clayton were, we went Rod, to Bolton. Rod Preaker scored Rod, on his debut. Oh, but that, but that was last year. He's got to be one of the worst <laughs> yeah. signings ever. I don't know where we got him from. <laughs> well, he scored his debut, didn't he? Alborg, I think. And then everyone yeah. thought, oh, yes, he's, he's got it here. And then he got he, he had the old. Um, did he have the old sub sub thing? Yeah, if uh, Liverpool came yeah. on yeah. as a sub and went off. Cadamangan. Mm. Yeah, mm. he was in that Kyriakos. Uh, Kyriakos. He was terrible, yeah. absolutely terrible. Um, so the the team we have, the eleven, which was um, we we all had, had Cura- a big. It's imp- been curated by Gary. A big input in there. Yeah, Gary Bennett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll take the blank. Curated. By Gary Bennett. <laughs> Captain Gary Bennett had the definitive yeah. say. Uh, just when you when they announced the team before uh, the next game, have a look at that team and then listen back to this. <laughs> And, and, think about, and think about the the best eleven, in our opinion, um, of the of the decade for Sunderland was Jordan Pickford in goal, right back Phil Bardsley, centre halves John Mensah and Eunice Kabul, Danny Rose left back, midfield three Yaron Villa, 
Jordan Henderson, Steve Malbronk, Front Free, Jermaine Defoe, Darren Bent, Stefan Sessignon. That's not bad, is it? That team might get out of League One even now. (laughs) (laughs) Wish we had him. Can you remember under Moyes when there was talk like people were like, because Sessignon was on a free and Bentner was on a free and people were like, in the January, why don't we go and get Bentner and Sessignon back in the table? Probably wouldn't have been a bad shout the way it turned out, but you know. There's always that that cry, isn't there, to go back and bring in players that have already been. Yeah. We've got a manager of the decade. Oh, we would just about wrap things up, Jeremy. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I, I would have Poyet as my manager. Would you? I would have Sam Allardyce. Would I you? Think. I yeah. think a lot of people would have Sam Allardyce. Yeah. I think so. I, I'm, I'd take, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. Mm. Just. Yeah. There you go. So okay. we'll, we'll print that in a couple of days on Twitter. We'll give people a chance to listen first yeah. and then we'll put our team of the decade out. So feel free to um, tweet us yours as well and we'll have a big chat. So thanks for listening. Oh! <laughs>